Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. Listen, we all know that this is one of both of our favorite restaurants, one of them. And so the fact that it wasn't on the list last year tells you how much of a debate goes into these things. But um, I still feel like as a miss last year, it should have been there and it's been rectified. I can't say enough nice things about this restaurant, except I wish it was easier to get into. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. And the winner is, last night, Raleigh Magazine hosted the 2023 Best Restaurants Awards Party on the rooftop of One Glenwood. We honored the owners and chefs of the 25 best restaurants, including Best New Restaurant and Restaurant of the Year. For the last year, our team's talented taste buds were tested as we whittled the list to the best of the best, the creme de la creme. With me today to dish on the winners and the grueling process (laughs) is Raleigh Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Melissa Hausen. Yeah, people laugh when we say it's not as easy and fun as it looks. I mean, yes, it's delicious, but easy? No. We want our readers to trust us, and we have to do our research, and Listen, anyone who's watched Sydney eat her way through Chicago on the bear this year gets it. It's it's hard work. And, and it's the same as when someone will reach out and say, where should I go to dinner? I kind of take it seriously. I don't just rattle off where I went last night because, I mean, people have trusted me to go, where should I go for my anniversary? Where should I go for New Year's or a girl's night out? I, I kind of want to be the person they trust for recommendations. So we take it seriously. Yes, it also has rules. Yes, And so rule number one is that we believe a restaurant requires some seasoning in order to earn a best accolade. So we said that if a restaurant wasn't open by May 1, it could not be considered, which automatically removes some new standouts like Madre and Aja from consideration this year. 
But I mean, I think it's fair to say that you you could, you know, you can come out of the gate guns blazing and have a great month or something. And then at the end of a year, because this for us is a whole year of awards, you know, something could change. So we want you to have been open for a little bit to give us time um, to ensure in the public time to ensure. And then the second rule is no chains. Um, This is very much a celebration of our very significant local restaurant scene. And so while we do have some regional chains that are wonderful establishments, yes, that's just not what this is about. Right. And the third rule is restaurants are judged on palatable plates, the food, obviously, esteemed service, and appetizing surroundings. There are some two-peat winners, um, but also some longtime eateries made their debut on the list, which is kind of fun and exciting. It is fun. I mean, it was a big shakeup from last year, so I think people will be surprised. So we're going to start with one of the big awards. This is kind of like the Oscars where we'll give you like sort of the supporting actor, and then you got to hang out to the end to find. And we're not going to talk about all of them. We're only going to give you a handful of them. Yes, a tasting, if you will. A tasting. And so if you want the whole list, you got to get the magazine. Absolutely. And I mean, I think it's worth it to see that the layout is just dope. Like Liz killed it. I think the photography is amazing. I think the writing is good. Of course. She thinks the writing's (laughs) amazing. What's she going to say? (laughs) I humbly, humble brag. Uh, But anyway, no, as a team, we just all worked really hard on this. I'm very proud of it. But um, so let's start with a big award out of the gate. Uh, The best new restaurant this year is Easton Bistro. Um, If you haven't been, you need to book that reservation. Or if you don't want to book a reservation, this is one of my favorite things about it. They have a beautiful terrace. And on Tuesday nights, they have what I call kind of like a recess. It's um, a night they have on the, it's a champagne terrace. And so you have bubbles, of course, and they're paired with things like fries and oysters and other light bites that aren't. That's the only night of the week that you can do that. And you can also order from the regular menu, but it gives you an opportunity to go experience it in a way that's, you know, a little more casual. And they have a DJ too, right? Yeah, Yeah. they do. They have a DJ. And then um, I have to say one more thing. When we were there experiencing the Champagne Terrace for the first time, we sat there with Giorgio actually. And so then the chef came out and hand poured this Singalese chilled soup, you know, in front of us and we gushed all over it. And then we ate it and then we gushed all over on Instagram and they ended up adding it to the menu as Woo-hoo. a result. So that was pretty cool. I have kind of the same experience. I had not been and I decided to go by myself and sit down at the bar yeah. and Giorgio happened to be there and he came over and I was like, so what do I order? What, what, you know, he's like, no, decide. I'm like, no, no, no. I want, and, and everything. I mean, I had the red snapper crudo mm-hmm. beyond it being beautiful was the single best thing I've put in my mouth in a very long time. The crab puffs, delicious. Yes. I mean, the dumplings, I could go on and on. But the other thing is, I love sitting at the bar. And I think the restaurant is stunningly beautiful. It's I mean, theater. You feel like you've, you definitely do not feel like you're in Raleigh. You feel like you're in Chicago. You feel like you're in New York. Mm-hmm. And that's a compliment. Or Europe. We, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we love restaurants where you feel right at home like it's Raleigh. But it's time we elevate and we feel like we've got some things that don't, mm-hmm. that feel a little different, that transport Absolutely. you. And I definitely think this place does. But I loved sitting at the bar. I mean, it's the little things. The glassware is just gorgeous. I'm all about. I have to say, too, at the, at the top, like, y'all, Gina is a critic. 
Like she's not, you know, we tease Lauren for going in and no matter what she loves everything. She, is, she loves it. She loves everything. She loves everyone. Um, she doesn't see herself that way, but it is funny. But Gina is a critic. And so for her to sit here and gush over any aspect of any restaurant, like, you know, it's. And I will say up front, it's not inexpensive. But here's what I'll tell you about that. You can go and eat for the same amount of money you would go and spend at a steakhouse or at Crawford & Son or Jolie. It's it's not over the top by any means. And I think that's the perception that's out there. Oh, my God, it's every dish is $100. No, it's not. No, The crab puffs not. are $17. I mean, it's it, it's not. It's but in that mid-elevated range is. to me. It's and not, yeah. Everyone I have told to go there has been wowed Mm -hmm. by the service and by the atmosphere and by the food. Throw caution to the wind and order things you wouldn't normally order. Ask them what they recommend. Exactly. Um, It's really good. And, you know, again, Giorgio is the most charming human on the planet, I think. When he sits down beside you and starts talking, you're just like, ugh. Enamored. Yes. Because every every, and what's I've been over the last two months— I went to Nico's in Durham that opened at Brightleaf Square. Mm-hmm. He invited us there. And such a very different experience than going to East End. I was in Wilmington, and I went to Pico's, which is his yeah. Greek, place, Greek place there, which is an entirely different experience than the Brightleaf. Every one of his restaurants is so different. Yeah, and I mean, he wouldn't have the breadth of restaurants if he wasn't the success that he is. And so it's sort of a foregone conclusion that East End Bistro be amazing, you know, but it also is a standout all on its own. It's not standing on the shoulders of some other restaurant, you know. Back up for a second. When we deliver invites, we decided we wanted um, to do something special Almost sort of like that Tiffany box that you see that box or that Bailey box, I guess, and you know that there's something special inside mm-hmm. of it, hopefully. That is not a box you repurpose, folks. You don't take those boxes and put something cheap in it and right. give it away. People see that box, it's special. So we started this with the invite for this party. Um, we have this special red box and we divide them up. We deliver on the same day. We give them to the owner. We give them to the chef, not to a server, not to a dishwasher. No offense. We want to hand it to the right person. And so many times we we walked in this time with the red box and they would go, oh, I know what that is. Obviously, they were in cool. the middle of dinner service at Easton when I dropped off the box. And I went around to the chef, you know, the open kitchen window and handed it to the chef. And I mean, he literally was prepping a plate to send out and he stopped. And it was it was such a great moment. Yeah. I love that he took it seriously it and gave is me so chills. excited. Yeah, it's super um, cool. And so it was great to give that award. Yeah. So moving on from the best new restaurant, we get into a couple of our best restaurants before we get to best overall. Um, and so one that was fun to ha- add to the list this year that was missing last year, but just missing in general in Raleigh is Jay Betsky's. They were a beloved restaurant at Seaboard. Mm-hmm. Announced they were closing, um, community outcry. Everyone was so upset about this Devastated. Spot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and here's what I'll say. I loved their food. I didn't necessarily love their atmosphere back then. It was nice. It was just it was just fine. It was fine. Yeah. And so when they announced they were um reopening at Hyde Park, 
it was exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got roll-up doors. That's my favorite part. It is, it, <laughs> and, and it and it sounds like such a little thing, but it feels like more of a dynamic space. Mm-hmm. And where maybe their following was a little bit different when they were at Seaboard, you're seeing families with wagons, and you're you're seeing young couples. There's a much more of a diverse um, community there. So the restaurant, obviously, the atmosphere. But the food couldn't be any better. I mean, it was great before. I mean, it it couldn't be any better. I feel like it gave them time to really lean into the things they they did best and, that you know, rethink their menu in any way they wanted to. And I love that description you gave of the atmosphere. I think this is a moment in time where you see a lot of um, indoor-outdoor situations and restaurants for that alfresco feel and also that inclusive feeling you know whiskey kitchen was one of the first places to do it here and it definitely makes it it makes the space more dynamic and um draws a lot more people to it and betsky's is just owning that space and it's it's beautiful it is and 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 this has nothing to do with them winning but i love the fact that they have these coolers that you walk in so you you know you want to take pierogies home, they also have a QR code on it that is going to remind you how to cook those when you get home. I love that. Which I love. <laughs> and and so they really are leaning into a different model. And the food is phenomenal. And the the burger for the love, that is an incredible, yeah. Yeah. So you should go there. If yes. you haven't been, definitely go yes. there. And I feel like that is a place where you can walk in. Oh, you yeah. know, like you don't need to feel like you have three weeks out reservation. No. It's crowded. It is. But it is sort of just come as you are. Right. So a new one this year, it's been a favorite of mine for a while, but they've definitely even just elevated their game in the last year is Oro. Mm-hmm. So this space is um, Chris and Kara Hilton have owned it, and Chris has been the executive chef since they opened, you know, roughly a decade ago. Uh, but this year they also brought on Kevin Ruiz um, of the Rockford and Bendito fame to join the kitchen, um, co-executive chef, I believe, mm-hmm. off the top of my head. And they already, they've always had the atmosphere and they've always had the food, but they really just took those things and, and made them next level. And I think for me, you know, I'm an atmosphere person too. I was just saying the other day, like there's a sushi place that I'm not going to name that everybody recommended, but it, this is in a strip mall and I'm sure the sushi was good, but I could never separate myself from where I was. And I was thinking like, if I was eating this exact sushi in Sono or Oku or M, I would probably think it was better, you know? And so I am definitely an atmosphere person. And Oro is this sort of veritable fishbowl, you know, downtown where you have just perfect vistas of the street and it's two stories, sort of a loft style. Like they don't like to call it that, but that is what I'm going to call it to help you picture it. So you go up the stairs and then from upstairs, you're overlooking the downstairs and it's all white. It's very elegant. And (laughs) the only thing I can think about every time I sit in there is I think about the days of waitressing in college. And I think (laughs) those stairs there, they, I, no, I would yes. I would be the person who drops something every time, but you never hear anything dropped in that restaurant. No, um, it's also what I, that's true because it made me it makes me feel bad when I sit upstairs. I uh, bartended in a bar in Chicago in the basement, and when we would have food service, I would have to go up and down the stairs. And we y'all, know. please tip your servers if. They're- Stairs. I was going to make a joke about you spilling three drinks on my feet oh, one time. I mean, well, one day. It's so shocking I, I didn't ever but, spill anything. But Yeah. <laughs> so an, another restaurant that made the list this year, Sono, speaking of. Listen, we all know that this yeah. is one of both of our favorite restaurants, one of them. And so um, the fact that it wasn't on the list last year tells you 
how much of a debate goes into these things. But yeah. um, I still feel like it was a miss last year. It should have been there, and it's been rectified. So, well, and I I couldn't agree more. I, I think it's true. There's there's seven or eight of us. Every opinion is taken into consideration. We dine. We dine out. We. I tried to secretly make reservations under other people's names, not because anybody knows who I am, because they don't, but it's like certain- if they see the magazine. Cer- they though. see the magazine, or you have to give your email address, and, you know, and so we we tried to be discreet, and we, but there are lots of opinions, and different opinions, and there was lots of debating. Um, and I feel like we had people on our team that maybe had only experienced Sono once or something right. like that, whereas, like, this is a restaurant that, you know, you and yeah. I have been going to since they opened. They were one of the first restaurants to open on Fayetteville Street after it was no longer a pedestrian mall, and they have stood the test of time. And I think while that wasn't one of our metrics for that award, this award, that is really important to mention because we've been through, you know, unrest yeah. and a pandemic and all kinds of problems, you know, down there. and a lot of closures, a lot of bars and restaurants have come and gone. Well, people are talking about it constantly. I mean, it's one of the stories in this issue as well is about mm-hmm. how how the city's hired outside consultants to help them figure out a way to, you know, get the public to re-engage and reactivate with Fayetteville Street. Yeah. So for a restaurant to still be soaring and still be beloved, yeah. and, and it's funny, I wouldn't let her put it in the article because I didn't want the fact that the screaming O is my favorite role to be in print. I will say it here. It has nothing to do with the name. It has everything to do with the sushi. But <laughs> I did, though, talk about the screaming O because you knew I was going to. I just didn't call you You didn't put out. mine. You're not going to put um, my name on it. But it is, you know, a testament to how well they're doing. They are opening a second location yeah. in Cary. So, yeah. um, I mean, they're never going to let you down. And I think just to an atmosphere point, the first time, I, I remember the first time I ever walked in Sono, and all I remember is it was just so chic and sexy, and it was this red oh. color that was just lit like a certain way, and I felt like I was in a different—I had just moved back from D.C. I felt like I wasn't in Raleigh. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's it was good. transformative. It's so. good, and if you like sushi, go. If you haven't been, yeah, try it. You will love it. A real surprise in some ways, yeah. um, Bloomsbury Bistro. And don't roll your eyes. We know it's been around for a long time. An oldie but goodie. (laughs) An oldie but goodie, John Toller, who opened the restaurant. Classic, traditional, but sold it to Mm -hmm. a friend and a regular diner at the restaurant. Yeah, he sold it to a friend in 2020 who was so, he wanted to be somebody that knew the restaurant well. And this friend of his had even had his wedding rehearsal dinner there. I think that's a fun fact. Um, But Bloomsbury Bistro is... Their MO is everything you love about fine dining without the hype. I think that, in my humble opinion, is the MO now. Like, I grew up going there with my grandparents, and if anybody remembers, and I didn't want to, sorry, I didn't. I was a was, teenager and in college, like, I it, did not want to go it there. It was white tablecloth, fine dining. Mm-hmm. It, you had to be on your best behavior. Yes, and I remember showing up with holy jeans, and my parents were mortified. I was, like, in my 20s, and my grandmother, was, who was a saint, was like, she's fine. She can express herself however she wants. But they were they were such regulars there that they had photos on the wall. And I just found out, you know, as we were doing our research, that the new owner has completely redesigned the restaurant. And so those, if you're picturing the old Bloomsbury with all the photos on the wall and all of that, um, it's not that anymore. They have expressionistic paintings and right. it's— it's brighter and lighter. And it's no offense to what Toller had before no, that had no. an audience and it was very oh. beloved. But this is just a refresh. And it is. And it's and, and they're because of that, they're getting lots of 
neighborhood people who maybe thought of it as just a special occasion restaurant now are enjoying it weekly. You know what I didn't know because we didn't want any restaurants to know if they were winning or not, but I used to know that there was this secret bar steak on the menu at Bloomsbury, and now I cannot cannot wait to, like, to have another conversation with them, you know, now that we've gotten through the awards and be like, do you still have the secret bar steak? (laughs) But the next one, speaking of steak— is is very much the same type of place. This has been around for a very, very long time. Um, Vinny's Steakhouse. And and yes, it is traditional. And But when you think about our state house leaders, our legislators from downtown, drive yeah. up Six Forks, North Raleigh, to go yeah. to dinner there. That is a favorite of theirs. And, and not that that makes it anything, except that people are willing to drive. The hospitality, the Southern, I mean, I I can't tell you how much fun. And I have to go ahead right now and shout out uh, the bartender, who is amazing. And she is she has a long history in Raleigh and had been at Edwards Mill Bar and Grill for years and years and oh, years. Yes, She's that. a Georgia Bulldog fan, my oh, friends. Boy. Oh, boy. And she told me that on any Saturday that Georgia's playing, that was part of stipulation of her being hired, was that she could put Georgia football on TV. Found my new Stop. place if I'm not home. Are you serious? Um, That's fantastic. But I think they have those little touches, the deviled eggs that every table gets, or that homemade honeysuckle ice cream that he rides his bike and picks the honeysuckle off the greenway. Right, yeah. And so also that story is still on our website if you missed it. This is um, just search honeysuckle on our website and find that story. Lauren did a great job talking to him about this homemade honeysuckle ice cream he makes every year and then puts on the menu in the spring. But, you know, one of the things I think is kind of funny doing this is that so we have a dining guide in the back of the magazine, and we do spend our double issues. So we have 10 issues a year, and one double is July, August, and one double is December, January. So we spend that extra time coming out of the June issue to refresh our dining guide. And so you had this brilliant epiphany because I was like, I, after we had just recorded a podcast, I was like, I want to reach out to these restaurants. I want I want to see what kind of photography they have. You know, when you're talking about shoots, you know, I want to see, are, do we have the right chef? Are their menus updated online? Because websites post-pandemic, you know, you never know. And um, Gina's like, well, we can't do this. You know, we're going to blow our cover. And then she has this brilliant idea like, wait, you're literally updating the dining guide right now. So just use that as the cover. So that was really a lot of fun to personally email all these restaurants. They had no idea. And we had this ruse of, we're updating our dining guide, so we just want to make sure this is your chef and your menu online is accurate. Do you have anything you want to add? Do you have any new photos? And so, you know, Vinny's was really fun because, well, right after that, Liz, is Liz, our creative director, is like, well, I'd really like to add this dynamic of what, so people that may not be familiar with these restaurants know the cuisine. And so if you can just fill in the cuisine for all the winners, and I was like, I don't want to define their cuisine Mm. for them. I mean, it may seem obvious to you if it's like Italian, but beyond that, I don't want to be that person. And so Vinny's is what made me think of that because we at the time just had Steakhouse on there. And his response to that email was like he didn't, you know, adorably even know how to define himself. But anyway, we ended up going with Southern Steakhouse and Seafood because they're not just a steakhouse. Oh. And he didn't want to just be yeah. that, you know. And so there's Southern food and there's seafood, oh. and, you know. Well, and and Tom has just, you know, done an incredible job there. And again, he, that ice cream, I mean, that was a story we did months ago. But when he showed up in the office with a pint of ice cream for each of us. I'm, and he I, just brought more. I know. He brought peach ice cream <laughs> yes. by. But 
again, I digress. Go there. But, you know, and the other thing is, I was really surprised at how many seasonal vegetables. You don't often see that in in any restaurant. They don't always lean into, you know, butter beans or lima beans, whatever you want to call them, or what's fresh at the farmer's market. And I was really impressed that they absolutely live and die by seasonally what we're, what's going on, you know, in our community. So. Yeah, I love that. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at Shop Village District, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. into the mix of your go-to hot spots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers and eight rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, Catch the big game on multiple TVs or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixX.com. While we gave you a, a sampling of the ones that are new to the list, we did have some two peat winners, and I will slide in. I have to. I've, I'm going to get to mention Georgia twice. I know. <laughs> I love two peat because the Bulldogs are a two peat national champion. I'm going for the three going peat. for a three peat. <laughs> okay, don't turn away. Don't tune away. I won't do it again. Um, but obviously, there are some um, second time winners on this list, and you know Scott Crawford with Jolie and Crawford and Son. Of course. Um, both both of his restaurants made the list, of course. Yes, and last year, um, you may remember Crawford & Son was our restaurant of the year. Yes. So it was sort of, it would have been shocking, I think, for it to like not even make the list this year. Um, and then Jolie made the list last year and makes the list again. Um, I love that they are neighbors. I love that one is black and one is white in ambiance. I, I love it's like a d- dynamic duo. You know, one's They're kind so of different. I know one is, you know, French and the other one, I guess. New I York would, Bistro. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's high to low. They're both high elevated, but high to low, I mean, like, you know, ground level on Crawford or I prefer like the rooftop on Jolie. And so to me, it seems there's nothing that Crawford touches that doesn't turn to cuisine gold. So. Right. Well, and it, it's funny, had the research had been done, the magazine was finished, um, and we were sending it off to the printer. And I was downtown having a little bit of a celebratory drink, and it was like, so where are we going for dinner? 
And it was early and it was like, okay, we could go anywhere we wanted because it's five o'clock. You know, it was like we didn't. And yeah. we walked into Jolie and just, and they were like, we have a table outside. It just happened to be that perfect night. You know, I love their little parklet. I can't tell you that was probably the best gnocchi I've had. I mean, it was just, it was fantastic. Yeah, and if you let them tell you, I won't try. Apparently, French gnocchi is completely different than Italian gnocchi. And totally different. I got, uh, uh, you know, an education about it when I was there, but I, w- I won't try to repeat I, it. Um, <laughs> I won't say that there have been very few bowls that I probably would have licked the bowl. That was one of the best yes. dishes. I did yes. not. I would never embarrass myself that way or anyone else. However, <laughs> it was lick-worthy. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Lick-worthy. Okay. Speaking of gnocchi and speaking yep. of Italian gnocchi, um, Molino is on nice. the list again this year. Yeah, of course. And yes. I can't imagine it not being. It hits it all. Great food, great ambiance, great service. It's one of our our classic favorites. I yeah. I mean, I I love every restaurant on this list. I think they're all deserving, but there is not a patio I would rather sit on than Molino's, you know, in that perfect temperature if you can get it in Raleigh. Absolutely. And just, I mean, that pool it just transports you to Tuscany and I've I just it feels like a staycation or a vacation. It really doesn't feel like. And I will tell you, I, I think it's fair to say when Melissa has family in town and she has a big family. So when they come to town, she has already planned two weeks in advance. She has made a reservation. Um, that's where you like to take so, family that have, hasn't been there before. My birthday is next week, and that's where we're going. And I'm texting my friends, and I'm like, I know we just went there, but, like, huh. it's my birthday. I so can go where you want to go. So that's where we're going. So and, and pro tip, Melissa and I both agree on with this spot, is order the pizza for the table as your yes. sort of— appetizer starter um the pizza is amazing it can be a dinner but it's a nice way to have a little pizza and a little pasta i think that's also why i chose it i think it's a good thing to know about molino i think this you know we're not having a particularly large party at six but you go out to dinner a lot with groups and sometimes it's incredibly difficult to hear we've done it at work yeah even with six or seven sometimes it's incredibly indoors are out difficult to hear and i think one of the things and why i take family to molino is there the acoustics there it seems yes. like a strange thing to say but i think that's important there's a number of restaurants that I, friends and family have told me like i love the food i love the atmosphere i love the service but can't i can't hear, hear mm-hmm. so i won't go you know and so molino um you know i'm famously dying dying outside there so i cannot speak to the inside acoustics but i think it's designed even when the tent is up is designed in a way where it's very airy and you can hear well, and it's very dynamic where you can like talk to the people you're dining with. So the next restaurant I think has a similar vibe. It does, and the only thing I'll add about that is it, we are incredibly excited for um, Samad's new restaurant. Oh, he's yes, opening on the rooftop of the Dillon in that space. That's going. It is going to be a must-do. If you come to Raleigh, it's going to be like the must. You have to go on that rooftop. You have to have dinner there, have a drink. Yeah. Um, La Terraza. And so stay tuned. We're going to share a whole yeah. lot more with that in the we coming, the coming and weeks and months. Also, I have to say, because we already mentioned a couple, but there's so much coming right now that as excited as we are about this current set of 25, it's already like building excitement oh, for gosh. what will next year even oh, be like. Yes, so. for sure. And obviously, we love Vidrio. Of course. It's, again, the, the food's magnificent. I'm not sure there's a more artistically beautiful restaurant in Raleigh anywhere. 
Um, I mean, it's very, yeah. I mean, the the glass bowls on the wall or the orbs, as they like to call them. And just, I mean, it's awe-inspiring when you walk in and the service is immaculate. And we were, concerned is not the right word because we weren't, but when Saif left, amazing chef in CRLA, chef of the year, he's won all kinds of awards. He is branching out and doing some things, other things from the future. But the food has not changed. It has gotten, I mean, it's as good or better and different. Um, they have a new chef, which you can read about in this issue of the magazine. In fact, you can read about some of, uh, several of our award-winning chefs from last year have moved on to do their own projects um, or go other places. And so Melissa has a great story where you talk to all of them. Yeah, and that's actually, I think, a testimony to a restaurant when you can lose one of your key players like that and the diners would never know the difference. Right which is a good segue to one of the next ones we're going to talk about is Cachillo, who recently lost their opening executive chef, um, Alex Ricci, who we also have a story in the issue coming out um, today, as you hear this, about what he's doing now in the same story you just referenced. And so for Cachillo and Vidrio both to have been, you know, Cachillo was our best new restaurant last year. Right. And Vidrio was one of our best restaurants last year. And um, both of them to have lost their chefs and to continue operating on that level We've seen other restaurants, um, you know, come at me if you want. I feel like I can say this now. When Kevin left the Rockford, now the Rockford's closed, I I think there was an obvious difference to me as a diner. I'm not saying it was terrible. I'm just saying I could tell. It was just different. So I think that the fact that I wouldn't have known Evidrio or Cachillo, this is not a slight to the chefs. It's a compliment to the restaurants and how they've handled it. So. So if you read the magazine regularly or listen to our burger podcast, um, you know that Cortez's Smash Burger was on the cover and named one of the best burgers in Raleigh. And it is an amazing burger from a Latin seafood restaurant. Right. So that tells you something right there. (laughs) Exactly. Because if you don't know Cortez, you might not know. But But Oscar has created a space that and uh, that you just love. Mm-hmm. And the food is amazing. And again, I if I were going to tell somebody to go there, I'd be hard pressed to say eat the burger because it's good. But their oysters, I mean, their seafood I game, oysters, I know, is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely deserving of a spot on this list. And you're going to have to. We've only done maybe half or less. Yes. You're going to have to definitely grab the issue to find out what the other half is. But in addition to our top twenty-five, we had some best burbs restaurants yes. and so we can uh, go through a couple of yeah. those this year there are five burbs restaurants um and one of those is hank's downtown dive you love hank i do love hank's <laughs> i love hank's for so many reasons uh, matt bedinger is one of my favorite people on the planet beyond being funny um he's just he knows how to run a bar and a restaurant he and his wife come from the Sea Grace said so that was theirs. Yep. Empress Room. And now he owns Sidebar in Cary and Hank's downtown. He's killing it. He really is. And and the food just gets better and better. Every time I go in there, I love I I love sitting at a bar. I make no bones about it. That's <laughs> you know, and it's the food is just so good and it's surprising. I'm going to tease, it's like restaurant of the year. You order something that you think about in terms of this dish is prepared this way, and then you are wowed by what arrives because they've done an entirely different way or flavored a different way. Um, and the juxtaposi- juxtaposition of being called Hank's Downtown Dive and the irony, I, I just love it. I oh, love yeah. that concept. 
And I haven't met a single person who doesn't rave about it either, you yeah. know, because part of what we're doing isn't just eating in these restaurants. We're like secretly getting yeah. intel from the community. Uh, my favorite was when we haven't gotten to it yet, but when we were in what became the restaurant of the year, Gina leans over to the table next to us and is like, besides this restaurant, what other restaurants do you really <laughs> enjoy in Raleigh? <laughs> so we were constantly getting research and they didn't know who we were or why we were there, you know, so the the other right. diners. Well, and this other Burb restaurant that she's about to talk about oh, is something that she you know, it was in Durham, and if there was any way that she could have lifted this restaurant and brought it to Raleigh just so she could write about it, eat at it, and talk about it. So when it opened at Fenton, God so, save me. So the best verb that she's talking about restaurant is M-Test, but M-Test is a multicultural test kitchen, but it shares um, a space with M-Sushi, which is what was in Durham right. that I was obsessed with. And I think once on a podcast asked my favorite restaurant, I said M Sushi and we cut it because it wasn't in Raleigh. It's in Durham. I'm like, you, <laughs> Raleigh, we own Raleigh Magazine. You can't say a Durham restaurant's your favorite restaurant. So no. this was tough, you know, because in this specific space, you know, we have five best burbs and we knew either M Sushi or M Test was going to be one of them. They weren't both going to win. Um, and so we went with M Test. And I think the reason for that is because M Sushi is... No, M Sushi at Fenton is not the same as M Sushi, M Sushi in Durham, just so you know. But on top of that, though, M Test is, you know, it, in my opinion, the first true test kitchen in the area. They also have an executive chef in Connor Johnson that has a Michelin pedigree. And uh, it's just a true tour of the senses, and it's worth going. So you're just like, she's beaming at me because I am well, in love with and this they, restaurant. Well, and they did not get a red box last year. They were not involved. So when I walked in that morning— and I was going to take it, and, and then you got I to took it. the red box, and Connor looked at me, and he goes, oh, that means we're on the list. Mm. I It was just so funny. I said, I guess you'll have to open the box. And it was just <laughs> really, it it meant something to them. They were very excited. Yes, I'm so excited for them. Um, and the other one is, I, I said it last year, I'll say it again, it was one of the top five meals I had last year, same this year, um, the Provincial on Salem Street in Apex. I just, I can't say enough nice things about this restaurant, except I wish it was easier to get into. Um, <laughs> I'll have to do, they said, if you just move to Apex and come every week, then we'll, you'll be a regular. And I'm like, okay, well, I live in Raleigh. <laughs> um, but every piece of fish, every cocktail I've had, everything that arrives at the table and is just amazing. Yeah. Family owned, family run. Just a great spot. Always full, I feel like, of, like, rollicking people, but not in, like, a loud, like, I don't want to go there kind of way more, just, like, a welcoming, yes. like, cheers vibe. Yes, you, feel, yeah. you, you open the door, and somebody at the bar looks up and just smiles. Yeah. And that is a great segue to what we can say about mm -hmm. Restaurant of the Year. I think this one's going to shock people. I think so. Drum roll. <laughs> Stanberry. Yay! Um, <laughs> yes, it is. It's like we need a cloud, a crowd noise. We need to end and, the crowd. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and it's you know it's been so. Somebody we were discussing in the office why a restaurant maybe made the top twenty five but wasn't restaurant of the year versus changing to this year. And and I think it you know all of it has to do with timing and space. Um, but I can tell you that it is absolutely. And I, over the course of judging and making decisions, and since then, I've eaten there five times. 
and it does not get any better. I mean, I'm, it just, I mean, it gets better every time. It, there's nothing like it. And when you, we can talk about the dishes that you and I had together. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, so I think that, you know, if you haven't been to Sanbury, I like to call it garage seat garage chic and they're not trying to be anything other than what they are yeah. this is not your you know vidrios or your oros and your elegant like orbs on the wall this is a you know it's very i don't know if rustic's the right word but down to earth there's all kinds of eclectic pieces throughout that point to like different um moments in raleigh moments in time in raleigh um it's very earthy and yet the food is so elevated that it creates this beautiful juxtaposition. Like I felt like, and I know I'm like kind of obsessed with the bear, but I felt like I was witnessing an episode of that where they're so concerned with plating and presentation and every ingredient. And I felt like I was in a Michelin restaurant or a beard restaurant. But the funny thing is the first time we ever went in there a long time ago, when we were talking about mm -hmm. best restaurants, I said to you, well, they're gonna. You're gonna have to convince me. And then the peaches come to the table, and Girl I'm a Georgia peaches. peach, but I actually hate peaches. And I was obsessed. I ate all the peaches, and I don't even like peaches. That would be like getting you to eat pickles. Well, it was like the, it's like <laughs> watermelon. I was in a yeah. watermelon eating contest as a kid, and I don't care for watermelon, and it doesn't even have. Well, there you go. Yeah. But we ordered the watermelon we salad, which yeah. had this this Asian influence on it, and jalapenos. Again, yeah stunningly gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you make watermelon? Who would have even thought? Okay. Gorgeous. And, and, and here's the thing. I grew up eating flounder. My grandmother would cook flounder in an electric frying pan on the back porch because it smelled so bad in the house. So flounder, I love flounder. It's fine. But I don't think of it as being sophisticated or that I'm going to go to a restaurant and order it. Oh, my God. That flounder that's on the menu is one of the best things I have ever put in my mouth. It is absolutely delicious. It is beautiful. Maybe the best fried oysters I've ever eaten. I don't love fried food, period. They don't taste fried. And I think this all gets to the point of how they became Restaurant of the Year. Like, the way we framed it is they're a unicorn. There's nothing else like them. No. You're not going to have the same experience twice. You're not going to be disappointed. You cannot get in without a line after they open at five and people are already okay. lined up. So after we'd already made all the decisions, I was craving it. It's like 520 on Saturday afternoon. Pull up, two-hour wait. They don't take reservations. And it's five 520 and it's a two-hour wait. We were there taking some photos discreetly because we told them this is the best. We told them that we were shooting three or four different restaurants to be considered um, for the cover of the magazine because they'd already gotten their red box and that they were under consideration. Um, they're the only restaurant we shot. This was for the cover of the magazine. We knew we wanted this food. And everything they sent out was amazing. Mm -hmm. I will say this. The very first time I went there was in the middle of winter. It was dark. I even think it might have been a Valentine's Day or some occasion. That space is so delightfully interesting. That's a good way to put it. And yeah. sitting near the kitchen, it's an open kitchen, and watching mm -hmm. the time and attention to each dish, I say go at 5 o'clock. Go when the sun's still out, and you can see, you can look around and enjoy the space. Also, we sat outside on one of those 100-degree days, yep. and the fan above— and it was lovely. That's what I was going to mention, too. Like, there is this just quaint, 
cottagey feeling patio outside yes. that leads into the restaurant. Um, it's covered, like you mm-hmm. said, with fans. And I think there was like some lattice and greenery yeah. going up. And um, it's a vibe. And I think a totally different way to experience Stanberry that I highly recommend. Well, I'm going to tell you my goal, and I don't know that I'll ever be able to master this. Maybe we can sweet talk Joseph now that he's gotten the award. Got <laughs> maybe, the Roy. maybe we've got a, the, <laughs> the Roy. restaurant of the year, the Roy. The, um, those two seats they have. Outside, looking through the bar, mm-hmm. I want to sit at those. Two. I want, oh, yeah. I want to get there sure. in a time to be able to sit in those seats because you can see right into the kitchen, you can see into the bar, but you're outside. I yeah. love that. I love too that, like, I think you know, just to wrap up the the fact that they are restaurant of the year is that I think it's a moment in time, like you said, from the top and. Maybe to some people, Stanbury isn't an obvious choice. I guess, like we said, people might be shocked, but they are sort of the most obvious choice. And it's just that they're a sleeper because they're quietly doing what they do every day. And clearly everybody notices because they're standing in line at 5 o'clock, you know, on a Tuesday. But And everything's divine. But it's not this, they're not beating themselves on the chest. You don't, no. you don't see a lot of like, they don't have to do any they big marketing. They don't have to do anything because they're just quietly being brilliant, yeah. you know. And so, anyway, it's well-deserved. So, a couple of rapid fire. Put you on the spot. Oh, boy. What's your favorite Raleigh restaurant? That's not necessarily restaurant of the year, but your go-to restaurant. I think I already know. We asked our uh, on our masthead in the magazine. Nobody ever reads the masthead. It's staff. They do read ours, and there's a reason. (laughs) Nobody ever cares who works on the magazine. But if you read it, you get get details about where we travel, what our favorite restaurants are. It leans into the magazine. So your favorite? So obviously, uh, Molino, I kind of gave that away earlier. But I do feel like that's a little bit like picking a favorite child. And like you said, you can't because I I would we just talked about in test and all these others. You know what? I have four kids, and I don't name a favorite. So uh, I'm not naming one. You're not naming a favorite <laughs> restaurant? They're all my favorites. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So which restaurant do you think caused the most debate on or off the list? You tricked me. I did. <laughs> so which restaurant do you think caused the most debate in the office? I think the one that caused the most debate that's – well, there, uh, there are several. But I guess the one I would say is death and taxes because that wasn't on the list last year. It wasn't on the list this year. And I I think it's bec- – in, in, pools is I'll go ahead and spoil that but I think it's because people just assume that you know the beard winning chef should have one but she also has a lot of restaurants you know so but I I mean I also say that um 42nd street was another one that caused a lot of conversation um because it's an iconic Raleigh restaurant mm -hmm. but it didn't make the list this year I think, you know, what was interesting about Hummingbird was we all love Hummingbird, but we all love it. Not that we don't like it for dinner, but we all go there for brunch. Mm -hmm. And so there was a little bit of debate about it, not because Colleen isn't wonderful in the restaurant, is it? But just about the fact that we're so attached to brunch. Yeah. And then I think I would like to add one more to that. Capital Club 16 was just sort of that on the bubble. You know, I feel like we're doing like the NCAA uh, dance and it really was a tough tough decision for those final couple spots you yes. know and uh, we they aren't named in the magazine in a 1 to 25 kind of way no. but just in terms of our internal debate and you get down to like okay we've got 23 but we still have X number of restaurants that we really want to talk about and yeah. those were some of these so is there a restaurant that you struggled with not making the list 
I stand behind this list, so no is the large answer. Um, but I do think there are great restaurants that deserve our attention, like some of the ones we just named. And I think they have a great shot of making the list next year. Yeah. You know, I mean, this list is our annual behemoth. It's a moment in time, like we've said several times. And so I I, I think the list is perfect the way that we did it. I do too. And, and I said this in the um, publisher's letter. You're not going to agree with us. Mm-hmm. On everyone, and you're going to think we left some out, but that's the fun part. I stand by it. I believe that right now this is the best of the best for Raleigh's dining scene, and I believe these are places that you should treat like a bucket list, and you should spend the next 12 months. I wouldn't wait that long. I would go ahead and start eating right now, and I would make reservations at the places that you can and take your family and take your friends. If there's somewhere on the list you haven't been, go exactly and i mean pick up the issue and find out if your favorite made it or not yeah cheers this has been office talk with raleigh magazine i hope after hanging out with us you feel more like a raleigh insider you can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for ten dollars for ten issues we'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit raleighmag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at raleighmag.com.